Welcome back to the Two Months Podcast presented by Sheena Boychuk Real Estate. I'm your host, Joshua Marshall. Uh, just before we jump to our interview with uh, Mike Food, I just wanted to kind of do a little bit something different. Um, I am a proud Christian. Uh, I believe in my faith and uh, love God, love Jesus. So I know it's a bit different than what we've done before. Uh, one of the cool things with Mike Food is we both share that uh that love for for God and for Jesus, and I think anyone that uh, watched the All Star Game this weekend uh, saw the uh, Justin Bieber stuff and kind of what he's done. And um, you know, he's he's uh, he's been saved by God, and you know, I just wanted to kind of talk touch on this a little bit uh, before the interview started, and just uh, my appreciation for it because uh, Justin Bieber was saved and I was saved, and. Um, you know, I just, uh, there's a lot of other people that are, that are out there that have been, and if people are in the process that they need that, uh, it's always going to be there for them. So, uh, just, uh, just want to share this, uh, beautiful, uh, video, uh, worship song by Justin Beaver before we got to our interview with Mike Fuda. I understand if people want to fast forward to this for the first seven minutes, and they'll get to the interview, they can, but uh, I think a lot of people will like this uh, worship song by Justin Bieber and uh, the the cast that he is with here. Um, just something that uh, resonated a lot to me, and uh, I hope people like it, and if you don't, I apologize, but uh, hopefully you guys like it. Uh, just a one-time thing, something a little bit different before we get to our interview. Um, so enjoy this song uh, as we uh, get to it right now.
words over and over, it'll be all right. Go to sleep, my child, it'll be all right. Sleep soundly, my child, it'll be all right. I won't go anywhere, it'll be all right. You're in the palm of my hand, it'll be all right. My arms are wrapped around you, it'll be all right. While you sleep, I'll watch over you, it'll be all right. I'll take care of your loved ones, it'll be all right. Your future's in my hands, it'll be all right. Your past is forgiven, it'll be all right. Your future is secure, it'll be all right. I forgive you, it'll be all right. I'm your friend, this is closer than a brother. It'll be all right. So sleep now, for when the morning comes, my mercies will be new. It'll be all right. Welcome back to the Two Months Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Marshall, and uh, we have a very special guest. He is uh, always with us, so he's one of the best in the game. He is a two-time Stanley Cup champion, and uh, he's a hockey analyst on Roger Sportsnet. Yeah, he, the other day he was just on with uh, Nick Kiprios and Justin Bourne. We'd like to welcome back to the Two Months Podcast. We got Mike Fuda. Futes, how's it going? Pleasure as always, my friend. Yeah, that was fun yesterday. Kipper and uh, that show is actually... I mean, I miss uh, Tim and uh, Tim and friends a bunch, um, but holy smokes, uh, they're doing a great job. Like that's yeah. really entertaining. Like the chemistry between uh, between Kipper and Borny is awesome, and Sammy and the <laughs> Sammy's like the best. Like he's awesome. I mean, Sammy's a no one sound guy, but he's almost like uh, he's so entertaining, and he adds so much to the chemistry. It's 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 really entertaining. They do a really good job, and they're actually stacking up in their guests and stuff, and. And they're not afraid to, uh, in a market that uh, obviously cherishes the Leafs, they're pretty honest with their assessment of the way things are going. So, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's real fun to listen. Yeah, I got the, I got a clip from uh, Nick Kiprios doing an interview with the Empty Netter Guys podcast, and uh, he doesn't like the he's not too happy about Matthews on pace for thirty assists, but he's only on pace for seventy goals, so he'd rather have that uh, balanced out. So. Uh, um, so it was a good debate with the with our podcast group on when that came out yesterday. But um, yeah, was, so happy with thirty assists. Yeah, he said he was not. He's like, you know what? If I'm paying this guy the, the amount of money I'm paying him, there's no way under the sun he should be getting thirty assists. He should be on pace for thirty assists. He needs to. Well, I think he must have had game. a bad. He must have had a bad breakfast then because 
if you get 70, if you, get, you score 70, I'm going to give you a pass on how many apples you have. Holy yeah, that's kind of when you're, you're depth, like Marner. I mean, Marner's quite the disher. So, I mean, and Marner, so if he's, if he gets 70 assists, is he going to be up for, he's going to be worth his 12 million pancakes? Yeah, only having 20, 30 goals or 20 goals. I mean, what's his name? Uh, Willie hasn't, I mean, other than the all-star game, I don't think he's really lit it up since he signed the got all his cookies in the bank either. So they better get their act together pretty oh, soon. Man, the, a, we could do a full podcast on player signing contracts when they get paid and them just, I don't know. Hey, we're a player's podcast. Hey, you know, but... I mean, they'll, get, they'll turn it back. That's like, in fairness, Willie, Willie's played well. It's not like oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Gabrick syndrome. Like Gabby, Gabby was like, the ultimate, and I love Gabby. We we don't get our second Stanley Cup without Gabby, but Gabby was the absolute king of the contract year. Like you knew you were getting fifty five sheets. Yeah, he's born fifty. He's going to be in, in that last contract year, and then you also knew that coming out of the gate in his first year of the new deal, paying him massive money, that the Lamborghini was going to get a scratch on it and was going back into the garage. Yeah. <laughs> it uh, was going back in the garage to get some get a tune up. But there was nothing better than him walking around in our 2014 Stanley Cup uh, celebration doing his Jerry Maguire. Every time he walked by Dean Lombardi, he was like, show me the money. Show me the money, Dean. Yeah, You're going to have a reunion probably this year. Yeah, uh, 10 years. Uh, we had our 2012 10-year. Yeah. They've already sent out the invitations. Matt Green and uh, uh, Jarrett Stoll have set everything up for the 2014. So when- that'll be a, when- a banger. That'll be your... Your boy Toff will get in on that one. He missed out on the last one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, our boy Toff. So what do you think is going to happen there with the Devils? Let's start with there. Let's go around the horn here. Like, they're out of the playoff picture. I don't know what's well, going on there. Like, obviously, win, I, think, I think they had a big win last night. So, I mean, that's a tough one because there was so much expectation. And I know I know with the Hughes injury, that's that's big. Uh, but I mean, he comes back. That's a, that's one of those teams. It's like Pittsburgh, right? That they were definitely have massive playoff expectations, and uh, and they're not that far out of it. But they're going to need a run. I think New Jersey's probably a team I would look at if I were them. I'd be finding some way, shape, or form to either trade for Markstrom or Gibson and solidify the goaltending situation because there's you know. It, it's hard to have that kind of push when you're getting such inconsistent goaltending. And I mean, obviously they're confident in, uh, in Fitzy. I mean, uh, they just signed him to a big extension as well. I mean, there was some, you know, last year the heat was on Lindy rough early and then it was, we love you, Lindy. Then we don't like you, Lindy. And now this year is probably somewhere in between, but yeah. you know, they've got a strong assistant coach there and um, in Travis, if they want to make a move there, I think he's a head coach just in the waiting to get back into it. But uh, they've been underwhelming, that's for sure. But there is one team there when you look at between the Hughes injury and the injury to the big defenseman there. Um, that's Dougie Hamilton's been out for quite some time. So that's those are t- those are tough tough injuries to swallow. But that being said, uh, that's a team that I expect to try and make a strong push down the stretch here to get in the playoffs. Yeah, the goaltending situation is very flexed in that and seeing where things go. But yeah, you mentioned two great names in Gibson and uh, Markstrom. We'll see where. Well, I don't think those teams, I don't think, I don't think there's a real enticing rental out there. Um, I mean, if you want to try and get 
lightning in a bottle with flurry, I guess is a, is a big name who, who kind of, you know, has got that obviously championship pedigree, but as far as if those teams, I think that if you're getting about big assets, you want to make sure you have term. And I mean, Markstrom, I think is like three more years, 6 million. Yeah. Gibson maybe six, four, 6.4 million. I think he is. So uh, big money, but I think, you know, it, they're well worth the investment. Well worth the investment. Yeah. And the teams are young, like, like meaning that devil's team is young. There's going to be up yeah. and coming for many years. So it wouldn't be a bad thing to get those guys under uh, under contract or into that situation. So you obviously have uh, you know a few like the Oilers, right? When the Oilers took Ekholm, they took Ekholm for four playoff runs. So it was the right thing to do. At least you know you have him for four playoff runs. So with you know getting these guys, you have them for you know multiple playoff runs. And the Devils should be in that conversation with how young and good that talent is on that roster. But um, Definitely a disappointing uh, part here. And they've been hurt. So we'll see where they get back. Obviously, losing Dougie, Dougie Hamilton is uh, was a very tough blow, and he's been a, a great uh, a great player throughout his NHL tenure for sure. Um, you know, we just had Dregs on. Um, you know, you, and you know this, this player very, very well. He is a huge reason why you have two Stanley Cup rings uh, and your name is on the cup. And you got, and as you always say, you get to meet the guy with the white gloves and the big guy for doing that was Jonathan Quick. Um, you know, third consecutive start here in New York. Uh, Shesterkin's going to kind of take a little bit of a reset. He's going to work with the, the goalie, uh, you know, the goalie coach, and he's going to do some video. Um, but what a signing that has been and uh, what a redemption kind of tour, if you want to say, for uh, for Jonathan Quick. And maybe they would love to have him back in L.A. But uh, thoughts on your boy, Quickie? There's it's there's no words for that, man. I mean, I think he's six wins from becoming the all time um, all time American goaltender and wins column. Um, first ballot Hall of Famer without question. You just, if you meet this guy, his compete level is at another level, like another level of competitiveness. And I mean, again, I mean, Justin Williams used to say there's that it factor that he can get into your head if you're in the other posing dress room and you just, you're like, how do we beat this guy? And I mean, a lot of, I guess they're given a lot of uh, the, the goaltender there, uh, goaltending coach is getting a ton of credit with the Rangers for, you know, kind of having quickie style changed. I mean, I'm not, I, I have to look at it a lot closer. Um, I don't see, I still see a lot of the same, same era, like the, 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 whatever helicopter, like this guy's athleticism is so off the charts. And again, I mean, I remember him saying to me, uh, he's just such a, it's just an incredible family guys, guys just gravitate to him. They love him. that I could like, this is guys so good. It's no, like obviously Aiden Hill last year. Uh, I think a lot of his resurgence into becoming the star he has is just being around Jonathan quick and uh, not taking anything away from the goaltending coach. I know LR gets a, uh, and well, well said, uh, but I mean, he's just, he's like, <laughs> just being around him, even like he's starting to open up a little bit more with the media. Like I remember when they, he came into the Kings game, um, when he came back to LA and they gave him that massive two and a half minute standing ovation. And he said, uh, just another video tribute kind of thing. But you could tell that one got to him. Like his actions on the ice were a lot different. He learned his press conferences from Daryl Sutter, uh, which is stoic, straightforward. Yeah. Don't give them anything. 
just another win, another two points. I'm here to get the win. Nothing emotional, but you can tell uh, as he's got older here, he's starting to really, um, he's starting to really understand how what a great ride it's been. I mean, the third cup, having his kids on the ice, running towards him in the Vegas, and now you see what he's doing. He always joked with me, Futes, if you get a job. Uh, and you're not with the New York Rangers, don't you dare trade for me because I want to end my career. If the Kings are going to ever give up on me, I want to end up as a Ranger or an Islander or a Devil. He wanted to finish his uh, finish the story uh, like Cody Rhodes uh, close to home, yeah. right? And and for him to be in a jer- the Rangers jersey and seeing the way he's playing and the amount of teams. I mean, four years ago or three years ago when I was with Carolina Hurricanes, I said, uh, you got to get this, like, if he's available, you've got to get this guy. Cause at that time they were starting to lean towards a couple younger guys. Uh, I can't even remember who the starter was at the time. Um, but there was kind of the, 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 the uh, Cal Peterson, the, the torch was being patched, uh, passed to Cal. And it was like, are you kidding me? And I, and of course, you know, at the time, the analytics guys there were like quick, you will be done by the end of the year. And, uh, you know, you see how his numbers have fallen off and he just doesn't have any much anymore left in him. And now how would the Carolina Hurricanes look with Jonathan Quick in that the way he's playing right now? Yeah. His championship pedigree and Justin Williams and I pushed and pushed, but the numbers, the analytics just didn't add up. But there's not an analytics number to rep- to formula to represent ultimate character and compete off the charts and championship pedigree. So good on Quickie. Makes me. I've never been a Ranger fan in my life, but I'm a huge Jonathan Quick fan. And every time he starts, and I see again the other night, first star, and big time first star. Like, yeah, that was a big game. Incredible. Like he let the one between the five hole, uh, right out of the gate, um, to McKinnon, and then he just shut the door. And uh, it's just fun to watch. Incredible guy. Better family. Better human being. I joke with him all the time. I text him. Joke with him all the time. So. Want to make sure I get my seat at his Hall of Fame induction. Yeah, get there. That'll be a beautiful night for sure when uh, that night comes for uh, for that man. And uh, great person, great hockey player. It's always fun watching him play. Um, just pulling for him. Um, starting to pull for players more. Uh, yeah, I know I, as a, I'm a Leaf fan here, but uh, I'm not saying that is dying down feuds, but uh, it is, uh, is if, you know, just listening to the stories, getting to know some more players along the my this journey with this podcast and um yeah it's quite uh, quite remarkable there's uh still i mean i can't deny growing up i mean every time i played road hockey if i was in net i was mike palmateer if i was playing out you know it was wendell clark doug gilmore daryl sittler lanny mcdonald i mean i lived and died with the leafs i mean i played from the marlies all the way up practiced at maple leaf gardens got to stay and watch the leafs play and now i mean to have the personal relationships I have with the guys that I absolutely cherish their legend status. Um, it's, it's amazing, but I, it, it, it kind of burns me even more when I see, you know, like I see a guy like Wendell Clark who doesn't have a Stanley cup ring and Daryl Sittler who doesn't have a Stanley cup ring and how they still burn watching this team play and how much they yearn to see these guys win. And yeah. sometimes when the effort isn't there, you just wonder what it'd be like if uh, one of those guys were on the ice. Wendell Clark and Darcy Tucker and, you know, Doug Gilmore played a couple shifts with these guys. Uh, would they really see what it's like to really 
be a Maple Leaf and, and, and how much pride they had in the Jersey and how it's just amazes me that that group never found a way to get a cup ring. Cause they're so deserving. Yeah. When you think of the burn that that group had. Yeah. It's a, it's a great, a great group for sure. But a team that's won a few cups and that's the team that you were with, with the LA Kings, uh, uh, obviously relieving uh, Todd McCullen of the coaching duties. And uh, that was obviously pretty tough for Rob Blake to, to do that. And Jim Hiller comes in and uh, DJ, DJ Smith comes in from Ottawa as an assistant coach. And uh, Jim will take over on interim basis for the rest of the year. Um, you know, uh, a bit shocking. I think we all expected they had a great start. Cam Talbot uh, kind of lost his game a bit here. And, and Pierre-Luc Dubois has not been the player that he wanted. And I think maybe anyone can understand when, uh, when Drew Doughty was making his comments, uh, you know, about players, he probably was one of them was uh, directed towards uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois. But, um, you know, it, and it's unfortunate that Todd lost his job because he is a, an, an amazing coach. And uh, but where, where are you at with the Kings? Obviously a big win. Uh, Trevor Lewis uh, wins, uh, gets the game winning goal uh, in their last game before their all star break slash the bye week here. Um, you know, so they got they come back, they play the Oilers on a back to back. So they get the Oilers on a second night in LA um, on Saturday. So that'll be a pretty good game on hockey night in Canada. So um, those teams always have a pretty good uh, rivalry for sure going on for the last two years in the playoffs, but where you at with the Kings and, and knowing where maybe that some of those leaders in that room can take this team to, to another level after fighting some adversity here. Well, it's crunch time. I mean, that would have been a tough decision for Rob. I mean, I can't imagine how much heat he must've been under to make that decision because not only does he clearly respect Todd as a coach and rightfully so um, as th their friendship goes well and above beyond the game from back to the days where he was coached by, by Todd and, and Todd's a great hockey guy, um, but something wasn't clicking. Um, you know, you make those big deals and I've, I've praised Mark and Eddie and the staff and the, for how many assets, I mean, I was part of it as well, but how many assets that you give a general manager to make moves and, it kind of stings a little more when you see the success that, you know, like Velarde and Iafalo and um, the Finnish play other, he just came back playing the other, uh, the other Finn, Caspery. Uh, Caspery Kapanen? Uh, not Kapanen, but Caspery, the other player that was traded to Winnipeg that I should oh, know. Uh, 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 um... Kupari. Kupari, yes. Rasmus Kupari. Rasmus Kupari. So, yeah. I mean, you got three pieces that are now like Kupari. They're all, I mean, Winnipeg's in a bit of a funk now, but they're just having outstanding seasons. And then you bring in the key piece that's supposed to give you this incredible centerman depth. You sign him for whatever it is, eight times eight sheets or whatever it is. And, and you're seeing the same problems that, you know, reared their heads in Winnipeg, Columbus, everywhere he's been. So, um, You'd hope to get more out of them, <clears throat> um, but now it's crunch time. I mean, somebody's lost their job. And obviously, whether I, I have an internal thing that if a player, if a team, if a team promotes the assistant coach, it doesn't mean that he's not the right choice. But sometimes that means that I know when I was in LA, uh, ownership doesn't like paying people to not work. Right? They were really frustrated in that situation right pardon me they were really frustrated when we uh signed daryl to the extension and then dean made the coaching change and you've got a coach not that daryl didn't deserve it with two stanley cups but when you've got a coach with a couple extra years making big time money 
I know that really frustrates. That's one of the things. Mr. Anschutz is a hands-off owner, but uh, Dan Beckerman and and they don't like paying people to not work. Uh, so I think Todd might have another year left at five million. So I believe uh, it was like we got to solve this internally uh, and see where it goes. So I, I mean, Randy, he's obviously got a great track record and he deserves an opportunity as a head coach. I love the fact that they'll be really familiar. We brought I was when I was there. We brought DJ in to interview DJ Smith to interview for the head coaching job as well. So they would be very familiar with him and the positive energy that he brings as well and the head coaching experience he brings. So you're going to get a bit of a live wire there that'll uh, probably juice some guys up. But bottom line is you've got to get the job done. And Cam Talbot got off to a great start. Um, I personally was really, he kind of tailspinned after he was named to the all-star game. And I think I might've mentioned for me, uh, if a goalie's struggling, um, with his game and his confidence, the last thing you want him to do is go to an all-star game and have the Harlem Globetrotters coming in, taking 50 shots from all different skills, competitions, angles, because that's probably not the best thing for your confidence. But it looked like he held his own at the all-star game. So hopefully he finds his game. But I think that down the stretch for the Kings is going to be the biggest thing is uh, if there's an area that they probably want to stabilize is their goaltending position moving forward. And again, uh, you probably got some pieces. I mean, when I was around, I know that Byfeld was untouchable. I'm sure he's still un untouchable. I know uh, Kaliev's probably going to get a second look here now because he kind of looked like he was out of favor with Todd. Yeah. And they really felt exceptionally high on him. And Brant Clark is another piece they never wanted to part with. But if I, once again, you talk about the same pieces, I'm sure in Anaheim, LA trade's really difficult to do. But if you're looking at a guy like Markstrom, for example, who fits the bill, you're going to have to give up a piece that you just don't want to have to give up. And you're going to have to work some cap magic as well to fit in a goaltender. Because uh, as Luke Robitaille said, this is a Stanley Cup contending team. And that was their goal. It wasn't just to make the playoffs, but compete for a Stanley Cup. And they're in a playoff race. So they've got some work to do. Yeah, they uh, they definitely have their work cut out for them. So we'll see where uh... – where that all goes in a big game against the Oilers uh, on the weekend. And uh, that'll be a, that'll be a fun one to watch for sure. Um, let's go to the Leafs here. Let's, uh, let's, let's dive a little bit deeper. Uh, I heard Brian Boyle talk yesterday. He did not like the, the peewee comment that uh, Sheldon Keith referenced to Timothy Lilligren's uh, lack of awareness towards uh, the end of a power play where uh, McLean came out, got the got his first NHL goal with his dad on the bench. Um, so that was a, that was a pretty good moment for that family. But uh, the unfortunate part is that it uh, it resulted in a not a good play that Sheldon Keith didn't like. Now I understand the next day he came out and said different comments, and a lot of it was at that time he could have made a change on the power play. That first unit was already out for a minute minute five seconds. He kept them out there, so they ended up playing the full two minutes. Um, so he said that that there's a whole full of sequences that kind of played in factor of that. But uh, the back to Brian Boyle's comments where he just didn't like the fact that these, um, these are happening a lot more from Sheldon Keith. Do you think Sheldon is on the hot seat with these comments? Do you think he's lost the room here or where are you at? Obviously at least need help on D where are you at with uh, Sheldon and the full lease uh, situation as they go into a big game tonight that you'll be at against the, the Dallas stars. Well, it'll be interesting because they get Dallas. They don't. They skip Ottinger, which should help them, because he played last night against Buffalo. So I guess they'll get Wedgwood. 
and they they had their glorious weekend where they you know they the stars shone and they had their success and as was his name who is the pastor Nuck said they got their championship yeah justin bieber coaching um they're up against it here <clears throat> but i love this this team's a game is exceptional i still think they need help in the back end I, Brad's going to have to work some magic. It looks like Samsonov seems to have found his game. <clears throat> but I just go back to um, last year when Sheldon called out the Stars really early and then had to run it back. Uh, and this year he seems a lot uh, more recent, that he seems a little bit more frequently calling guys out. Um, and you've got to be – again, you got to be careful um, – as you know, Daryl went through it in Calgary with a couple of those press conferences where he was a little bit sarcastically, you know, demeaning when he talked about the size of uh, Pelche and stuff like that. I think it was Pel- it was somebody when they called him up a little yeah. bit. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was Jacob Pelche and Phillips <clears throat> too. But I mean, the players crazy. now, it's just, it's a fact. I mean, you've got to be sensitive to the fact that, uh, you know, when you're calling them out, there's got to be a little bit of a brand in the way you do it. You can probably do that kind of, you can do that stuff internally in the dressing room, but it, it plays out so much more in the social media when you do it publicly. And I, and I've noticed that Kiefer has been doing a little bit more often. And again, sometimes when you're starting to feel the heat, uh, I saw it a little bit with DJ as well in Ottawa. Uh, I think if you internally, you're starting to feel a little bit, you could become a little bit more openly critical of your players. And you, and you got to just watch that, especially in a market like Toronto, because nothing's going to pass. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that, that falls itself out. But again, um, these are players that internally, I mean, when's the last time that the Leafs developed their own internal overdeveloped somebody, do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. for example, like, I mean, obviously they're high end guys are stars and they've all continued to improve, but like when is like, I mean, I, again, I look at a team like LA and I'll pat ourselves in the back and I'll pat Like we, we probably got like Nick Dowd, seventh rounder, you know, that's a player. Like he's got an identity, Matt Roy, seventh rounder, you know, top four pairing defense developed, uh, you know, those kind of guys you got to have. So when you've got a guy like Sandine that you're expecting more from, you end up having to move him for a pick uh, Lilligren who you, you know, you're way, you know, you want, you know, first rounder to become, it's, it's a time to be better. Like it's a time to be, you expect more and you're kind of, you see bits that you're like, yeah, that's what we're, we're loving about the kid. But then you're like, okay, you know, where's that? You know, we need, we need more from him. Yeah. So uh, again, uh, you gotta, you hope more. Like, I mean, I, the, probably the best developed player in the leap organization is one of the best players in the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I know. That's you know, yeah. Zach Hyman, right? I'm, I, I can't, I still can't fathom how a player like that, like when you look at what he could, how that line would look with Marner, Matthews, and and Hyman still, to think that, what is he, $6 million, who cares what he's making? It's yeah, like 5.5 million. I'm penny, on penny on the dollar. It's like, it's what you're paying Bertuzzi or whatever you're paying, you know, close to what you're paying Max. So, yeah. and I love, and I mean, those are, great hockey players too but Hyman this guy I mean how he wasn't that all-star weekend this guy's going to be a, a lock on the Olympic or the four nations this guy's just such a stud and they developed him yeah and 
and now Edmonton's reaping the benefits of developing them. So there's got to be some internal growth. It's got to be hard on tree because there's not, as I've said before, you know, just like, just like LA's got guys that they just refuse to move on from like Byfeld and Brent Clark, you know, it must've just killed them to have to move on from Faber who looks like an all-star playing in Minnesota. Um, you see what's going on with the guys in Winnipeg that they moved on from, you know, Rich, Eric Cernak's got two Stanley Cups playing in Tampa Bay. These are all guys that were moved on from. So you got to be careful about what you're moving on from. They've protected Nyes, who looks like he's their stud, and uh, they'll continue to protect him. I, they can't move on from that guy. But yeah. there's not a lot of bullets in the chamber for Tree to, to improve this team, giving the cap space that involves and plus the lack of assets that are movable. Well, they got no second round picks for the next three years. So, like, and if you want to get Tanev out of Calgary, you're going to have to pay a first. And you talk, right? Josh, I love that. It's like, I think the only thing I with Tanev, in my opinion, is you've got to internally think in your mind that you're going to be able to resign him. You're, you're not paying any kind of those prices for a rental. And there's some good rentals. Like even they've got some hands-on. They've seen what Lubishkin offers from like he's probably not going to cost as much as a you know a depth right shot UFA. But I I don't I mean I think the Leafs know internally with given the relationship that Brad Treleving would already have with Tanev that if they're going to give up the assets that he's not going to be a rental player. Yeah, and they've had Ilya Lubushkin in this organization before. So yeah, know, but I think I do think that Tanev I I. If I could get Tanev tomorrow and work out the salary cap, I'd, I'd give up a first for him knowing that, and I'd have a, I'd have a deal done in the back pocket with Pat Morris that he's signing. He's that signing long-term at a reasonable number. Yeah. So, you know, you're not giving up a rental player for a first round pick. Yeah. I just, I just I think he fits so much in right shot D penalty killing warrior. I know he's banged up, but he's banged up because he plays so hard. So I still can't get off the fact that I think he's the perfect fit. And he's from the area too, right? So getting a homegrown guy that already is familiar with the, uh, with the area. Um, Our NHL news and notes segment is brought to you by Sheena Boychuk. Yes. You heard that last name, right? That Sheena Boychuk as a licensed realtor, Sheena has you covered to buy and sell your home in this hot market. She also offers home consulting services to help you upgrade your living space. Check her website out at SheenaBoychuk.com and tell her the Two Mods podcast sent you. Realty by design, your design approach to real estate. Coach Rupper here from Two Mods. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Now let's grab a knee. Have I got a deal for you? We have teamed up with Manscaped and we can save you some big time coin this upcoming NHL season. Guys, are your sticks and pucks getting hairy in the corners? And gals, is your goalie still using horsehair coopers? Well, let's wake up! Use the code 2MUTS to save 20% plus free shipping on Manscaped products. Listen, we all love to score and we all want to win the cup. Why not do it on a fresh, clean, smooth sheet of ice? That way we all win. Manscaped is the only way to go. Again, the code is two mutts to save 20% plus free shipping on Manscaped products. Now let's bring it in. Manscaped on three. One, two, three. Washington Capitals feuds. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, Backstrom uh, out and 
Kuznetsov goes back into the uh, player's assistant program um, for the second time here. And again, full disclosure, we all boots here and I hope he does the best and gets the help he needs. Uh, and we see him back on the ice very soon. But, um, you know, they look like they might be trending in a direction where there's a bit of a rebuild here. Ovechkin is uh, Alexander Ovechkin, 62 goals away from Gretzky's record. That might not happen now. We'll see. But, uh, you know, it looks like maybe the Caps are going to be in a situation here where, uh, you know, they're going to have to trade some players off. And uh, Dowd is in Washington, a player that you that you just referred to. Um, you know, where are you looking at here with the, the Capitals and what they can do with Brian McClellan as the GM and what kind of situation he's uh, he's facing ahead of here? Kind of eerily similar to the Pittsburgh situation. Um, and the fact that you've got a, you know, obviously one of the greatest players to ever play the game that's chasing an individual record. But um, a lot of the success they've had, and they did get a cup, so that gives them some grace, period. That um, there's just a real, it seems like there's a huge gap between Ovi and the rest of God, like as far as where's that next young stud coming up? Like, you know, Carlson's on the, as much as I still love the player, they're kind of on the other side of, the mountain, so to speak, um, you know, Backstrom, clearly another hall of famer who's on the other side of the mountain, you know, you've got Tom Wilson, who's clearly a valuable asset if they wanted to, to do some rebuilding, but how do you, how do you live up to the expectations of getting Ovi where he wants to go individually and do what's really, truly best for the team. And that's going to be the decision they have to make internally, uh, especially with a guy. And that's going to, again, when you look at what Sid's doing, um, and you look at how much is invested in in uh, Latang and in you know Malkin and and you Eric, know Eric Carlson now right Eric Carlson now and then you look at you know Kristen Jerry's I think he's a UFA next year and he kind of can't you don't really know what you're getting on a nightly basis with him Jake Gensel and, too and then you've got Gensel who's like a huge asset uh, if you want to move him now I I don't think. I don't think you can look at Sidney Crosby when you're two points out of a playoff spot or three points out of a playoff spot and say, okay, we're moving on from Gensel because we're going to half-ass rebuild or we're going to tool because we need some young assets. I just, I just can't see how that happens. Um, particularly when everybody said that Vancouver was the landing strip for him or landing spot for him and the assets that they gave up almost tells me that um, they felt they had to move on Lindholm because the Gensel thing wasn't, going to be that be for them to do um so it'll I, I just think i know we started talking about washington but i think pittsburgh's such a similar situation where i can't see washington um making the playoffs this year unless uh you know their goaltending kind of goes back and starts standing on its head again which I, I i don't see happening and now losing kuznetsov you know where where backstrom's at i, I just think they're going to fade away and it's hard. It's not a great thing being the ninth or 10th seed (laughs) with an aging team. And the bigger one for me is Pittsburgh because their expectations, obviously with Dubas getting there and, and the Carlson trade, uh, they were not expecting to be a 10th seed either. So you got to look at teams like Philly. Can they hang on with the momentum they have? And, you know, can Detroit keep paddling the boat in the direction they're going and, which one of those teams is going to drop when a team like Pittsburgh gets hot. And I, I guess New Jersey would be my cutoff line for teams and expectation 
you know, what's going to happen with the Islanders. Are, are they going to feed off the Patrick Waugh move and find a way to get in that 7-8 seed, which they normally do? But uh, I would not want to be in the Penguins. Well, I mean, whatever, Dubas has like a seven-year extension, whatever, but that's not a good look if they end up on the outside looking in and haven't acquired any access for a guy like Gensel, unless they know for sure that they can resign him. Yeah. Yeah, the Islanders are, and that's all very well said by you, and the Islanders are very interesting to look look here because you know matt barzell is back to where he was at his rookie year so we're seeing this uh great player and and patrick was just throwing him over the bench like let's go let's go let's go so it's obviously pretty sweet he had a pretty good showing at the all-star game as well so that was uh that bolded well for for him um do you uh do you see that situation getting better as they get more healthier and that team could be a bit of a scary team to play because we've seen what they can do when they get into the playoffs dudes yeah, I mean, and like the goaltending clinic the other night, like he was um, lights out against the Leafs. Like that was that was scary to think. That's the kind of goalie that can win you playoff series when he gets that hot. And uh, it looks like how do you not get gummed up for a game when you're looking at Patrick? Like holy smokes! Like that was a, that intensity. I'm watching it on TV, and I get my the hair on my arms is standing up when he gets down in those those pits with the guys and you can just tell how intense he is. It's got to be contagious. And he, and as intense as he is, he looks like he's taking a little bit of the reins off a team that kind of, you know, you get that whole Lou Amarello, you know, New York Yankee, no beards, no this straight laced play defense. And now they look to have a little bit more freedom offensively. And uh, Barzell is like, I mean, Mark Yannetti had him nailed as far as where he thought um, the year we had traded a first-round pick, and if we had kept the first-round pick, we were getting Barzell on our list. And holy smokes, how would he look with the group we have in Los Angeles? Um, I think it was the year we traded the first-round pick for Luch. Yeah. Uh, it would have been – and I don't know how the Boston Bruins had three shots at him and didn't take him. So that one, three in a row. I know. What? <laughs> Two, three in a row. Not yeah, just we're like, and we're like, is we're like, they're the next table over, and we're kind of like, is Barz? You guys don't get? Could you eliminate all the bees from your list? How is Barzell not going yeah. with three shots in a row at him? But uh, you see the skill on this kid, and and the smile on his face. I mean, the marketability of him. Uh, it's a, it's he's a stud, he's a stud. He's an absolute stud. It'd be interesting to see if they can add add something to their mix. I don't know what their. I'm, I'm sure their cap situation isn't. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, but I mean, if they, if they can kind of get, you know, pellets back to playing the way he can, they've got some internal guys that are really stepped up with some decent drafts. And then that goaltender, if they can add another piece up front, maybe a little creativity, uh, they're going to be tough to play, play against uh, with that goalie. So that's where it's going to be a real fun, real fun stretch run for all these teams uh, in the East. And again, there's going to be some teams on the outside looking in that we just never expected, never expected to see uh, not even in the playoffs. Well, the the West is very top heavy. So you got like the teams in the, in, you know, in the, the Dallas's, the Colorado's, the Winnipeg's great, great teams, Vancouver, Edmonton, Vegas, great teams. Um, You look out, out East and maybe just the Bruins, maybe the Carolina Hurricanes are the teams that you're kind of really worried about playing against. So, uh, so obviously the West is a little bit more deeper. Well, Florida, now there's some more parity in the like West. Florida's, Florida's separated themselves. Sorry. Standing yeah, Florida well. too. Yeah, that's the one team I left out. Yeah, definitely Florida. Florida, you know, Paul Maurice, a uh, hell of a coach. Um, 
Where are you at with the Jets? Lot losers of four straight in a row here. Um, you know, they just get Sean Monaghan. Uh looks like Dylan's gonna get suspended, or he is gonna get suspended. So you just you don't ever have a hearing where you don't get suspended. Uh oftentimes there will be something happening there. So uh, an unfortunate play that Nola Chari came down with his head down and uh got caught and uh not a good look, but I guess maybe don't come down the middle with your head down in the NHL. I don't I don't I mean I I mean obviously the point of contact was the head right yeah but i mean for me that's pretty close i mean he, he's that's a he had his like he, you got to get your head up right it's just unfortunate because he didn't jump he didn't leap but it, it was that was it was completely different for me than uh brendan smith on um on oh, gallagher yeah on uh and gallagher was a guaranteed i mean i wouldn't throw the book at this guy dylan for this one because it was so egregious how badly he had his head down but you know, there was an injury and it was the point of contact. But are, it you, are you referring to the, the, the Connor Bernard, Brendan Smith? No, no, I, I would not have suspended Smith at any, I wouldn't even give him a penalty perfectly honest in that one. Uh, however, I wouldn't be throwing the book at Dylan for this one. Um, Gallagher's was different altogether. I thought that was well worth the suspension. Not that I think he's that kind of player, but I think it was well worth the suspension. This one, I just felt he had his head down for so long. Mm-hmm that there's got to be some accountability on his side as well. Um, okay. And Dylan, such a, uh, there's he's not a clean a, player, right? He's yeah. a clean player. It's a great, it's a great hit. Uh, but again, because of the point of contact, there's going to be a suspension. And I agree with that, but I wouldn't be looking at a five game or three for me. It'd be one game. Um, unfortunate, but Dylan's got no history, but that being said, that's a, that's a pretty, it's a good hit. It's yeah. a good hit in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and then the Jets, do you, are you kind of worried here? Loses a four straight. I think at times it's nice to have that adversity somewhat throughout the year. So this is kind yeah, of- get it, get it through. It's the first time, you know, since uh bonus has come back that they've kind of hit this patch, uh, playing some good teams. I don't think they're the kind of team. There's sometimes a tendency when you're playing so well to take a little bit of a breath when I, you know, you look at all of a sudden you've got, you, you know, you were missing O'Connor for so uh, Connor for so long, and and now Shifley kind of slides back in, and you know you quietly make a great trade for Monahan. He might take a little bit of a deep breath and go, okay, you know, you know they're not a team. They have to play a certain way to be successful, and I think they kind of got away from that game, and they'll, I think they'll get back to that game. But again, they're uh, they're going to be a team that's really tough, and you know, Helen Bucks, you know, he's been human for a few games in a row here, but I, I think that I'm not worried about them. I, I'm not worried about them at all. And I, again, they're a team that I remember always talking to Craig Heisinger, how much they cherish their first round picks because it's hard to get free agents to go to Winnipeg. So for them to ante up on a, on a first round pick for Monaghan tells me that they really believe in this group. So yeah, nothing but good things moving forward here. Uh, let's get or get to our Edmonton Oilers report sponsored by our friends at Shadified Salon and Barbershop. And uh, hopefully at some point here, we can get you uh, into Shadified there. Futes, I was there yesterday, got a little cleaned up again. So, uh, so that's way above my, look at this. <laughs> I'm just happy that I still have here. I was in with my boy Massimo the other day and it didn't, you know, I'm in and out in a hurry, my friend. I don't have any of that stuff going on at the top there with the, just <laughs> with your gold tips and your, yeah. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Yeah. Holy smokes! No wonder you're sponsored. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm, sure I'm sure you're manscaped as well. You probably use these play these sponsors. You just take them to the cleaners. I'm very. I'm way too. I'm way too basic. I'm way too basic, my friend Josh. Just. Hey, I'm a construction worker too. So, uh, but uh, I know. But how do you put your how do you put your construction helmet over that 
Oh, it's tough, man. I don't like messing. No, with yeah. I'd be going. You'd be like buckets off in the warm up with that dude. I would be going buckets. You'd off probably be stuff with all that product in there. You could probably take a boulder in the head and you'd be fine, anyways. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I always laugh at some of the players that told me the gel in the locker room was always a hot. We time. were laughing yesterday. I was getting my hair cut, and my guy was. Uh, his name's Matt. The guy's awesome. He's like a character out of a movie, but he's a. Uh, um, we were joking about because uh, Bertuzzi got. His haircut at super clips, right? Oh, he did go there, eh? <laughs> yeah. Which is literally like I think it's like six bucks, and it's yeah. like it's like a student that comes in. So I, I don't think he went in. It was just the removal of length of the hair. I don't think he went in and came out looking like bronzed up or anything. And I don't. It was for charity too, so I would assume that that's probably his last haircut for the next few years. Yeah. Um. But the, let's <laughs> yeah, Shadi's my guy. So obviously, Shadified. Uh, and he's a very quiet guy, but his brother Mo cuts the hair for the Oilers. So uh, the other day, he just cut Paul Coffey's hair. So, um, but uh, yeah, so go check out Chatified. Uh, they got three great locations uh, in Edmonton. Uh, so if you're in the Edmonton area, go check them out. Uh, you'll be uh, taken care of very well by them. And tell them the Two Months Podcast sent you. And subscribe to our uh, YouTube channel because I keep getting reminded by Shaddy. So uh, we just had over a thousand subscribers huge. So. Uh, so we uh, make a little a more income coming from YouTube. So uh, check that out. And we have a ticket giveaway too. So if you guys are listening to this, watching this, more or less watching it. But if you're listening, go to the YouTube. Uh, in this interview, you guys could type uh, the city that, you put, that you're that uh, you living in or uh, that has an NHL uh, market. Uh, so just type in the city, like, and subscribe. And you'll get entered into a draw that Manscaped's helping us out to hand over two tickets to lower bowl NHL game. So all you need to do is just put your uh, city in at the bottom in the comment section and uh, hit the thumbs up and hit subscribe. Uh, help us uh, gain some more subscribers there. But uh, the Oilers, uh, the, the streak is over. Futes, uh, 16 is the number that they get to, just like the Columbus Blue Jackets. So the Penguins uh, streak is still alive. It's still uh, the best out there, but a great game against the Vegas Golden Knights. Now the Oilers have a tougher schedule, feud. So where are you at here with this tougher schedule? They've taken a they took advantage of the wins that they could get in the in the easier schedule, but now this things get a little bit more tougher. Uh, where are you at with this team, and uh, you know when they play uh, some really tough opponents uh, this month and going forward here? Well, first off, I, I give Vegas props. I mean that's that was not. I mean, given the fact you know they're missing Eichel. And, uh, you know, they're missing Theodore. Well, yeah. Aiden Hill's just come back. Aiden Hill clearly looks like, again, I thought, I'm not going to give Jonathan Quick all the credit, but he looks like he's the real deal. Vegas is scary, man. Anytime you're the champs and you can throw up a game like that against a team as hot as the others were, I don't really take anything away from Edmonton. I give so much credit to the way Vegas played last night. It was a hell of a game. I didn't, the last thing I wanted to do was get in thrall at a 10 o'clock at night regular season game, but I couldn't stop watching it. It totally throws my day off today, but no, it was well worth it. I mean, I, I love the I, Kelly McCurman. That team is so well built. Uh, when you think of that back end uh, and, and now you've got a bonafide goalie that looks like he's got her. It, it was great. I'm not, I'm not worried about the, I'm, I guess it's the next game. I mean, they've got a couple games coming up. Uh, that Kings game for me is going to be a real telltale. Uh, uh, who do they play before that? The Oilers play on Friday night against the Anaheim Ducks. Okay, well, you got to think that they're going to be able to get back on their horse. That'll be one that you got to make sure that they don't over because it's such a trap. Looking to look into the next one against LA, 
Um, I don't think with this group that you're going to see that. Uh, you have to think to yourself that, uh, you know, Vegas, Vegas had, uh, who was the, who was the rep at the all-star game? Uh, the Vegas golden Knight had, um, oh man. Why Michael I, got hurt. Um, why am I drawing a blank? Did they not get anyone there to sub in? I think. They might not have had anybody so that, you know, they get, they get some really quality downtime for, with, for a banged up team. And you got to think that that weekend took a lot of, and it didn't show, I mean, not that they played poorly, but you got to think that that was pretty, not an emotional thing for, for McDavid and Drysdale, but it had to suck a little bit of wind out of them uh, to get right back in your horse and probably go into Vegas for a couple nights of, you know, what's left of your all-star break. And then to play a game of that intensity, you probably didn't get as, as much as they have in the tank. Uh, but they're going to be fine. I mean, that team's playing so well. I still expect them to make a move. I'd like to see them make a move in the back end. You know, it wasn't a game that you questioned. When they were struggling before, you questioned Stuart Skinner. I thought he was great. So it's not a game you look at him and say, you know, they, the goaltending was an issue. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't worry about them, but I think a test and a half is going to be that game against the Kings because, First of all, the Kings have been off, will have been off for quite some time. They they were the last team to play. I think they played, I think it was Nashville, or they played their last game against, and then they've got a whole week off. You know, obviously, I tried, I tried, text with Kopi the other day about, because I was wor worried about the flooding and stuff like that. There's been a bit of chaos down in Los Angeles with unusual weather. Uh, but obviously, the coaching change is going to be huge as well, right? So you're coming out with a new coach. Um healthy coming out of a break against a team that's a you know a juggernaut uh, that'll be a big test for the Oilers that's that's for sure yeah um no we'll uh we'll definitely keep an eye on that and uh we'll see what happens with the with the Oilers it's uh it's been good you know that this your is your buddy Stoff has got everything turned I mean Stoff has got everything turned around yeah he uh he did uh him and his dancing around on the ice with his Red Bull and all that was is <laughs> quite the the turning point for the season Incredible edges on those skates. Oh, he's got the moves, that software, that boy. He was texting um, me about, uh, I guess it was years ago at the draft in Florida that he had, I guess they had Chris Knobloch as a guest coach wearing an Edmonton Oilers, and I was accusing him of tampering at the time, and now years later, Chris Knobloch is, is you know, well, 16, he was, 16 in the, oh yeah, he's. He was, uh, he was actually talking about you. This is how we'll finish this up. <laughs> I, I, I remember this because. Gord Miller brings this up all the time, but Stoff was talking about it on his show too. When you won the 50 50, was it during the world juniors here in Edmonton? Oh know? yeah. North. It was not the Northlands call. It was, they hadn't closed Northlands yet. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was, was at the old barn. Yeah. The old yeah. barn sitting by myself, the whole staff hadn't come in. So I, I got in early to pick up all our tickets and I had a, the scouts package. I had a bottle of Wayne Gretzky's worst wine. Um, <laughs> Yeah. all the tickets and I had five empty seats next to me and I went to uh I, I went down and I was looking at it and I I bought one ticket so it wasn't like I bought a sheet I bought one ticket because everything was sold out and uh I'm sitting there and I looked up and I looked at the thing and then I looked back down and I looked I, I did like 80 takes because you just don't like it's like you're like oh this looks and I asked the police officer come over I said is this the is this and he goes oh yeah 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 and I'm like a few expletives and then I got up and I'm like, I think I won $43,000 because I thought it was, it said 87 on the thousand on the thing. And I said, it was, I won half of that. Right. And he goes, no, no, that's the half. You, you won $87,000.
and I just was like, my I buckled, right? And I remember getting up and, and we had a, a rule that uh, you can't leave the game early. But they were saying that the – so I get up and I start Actually, walking You got to go to the 10-minute mark. I, I got to go down and claim this thing. And, I mean, Brad Chullivan's like, oh, yeah, because Canada was just kicking the tar out of the Czech Republic. It was like 7-1 or 7-2. So I get up and they're like, oh, there he goes. Mike Feudal leaving the game early. And I'm like, I think I win the 50-50. And Chullivan's like, get you get them <laughs> and i go down and i was just i was just coming off a divorce and <laughs> i'm like asking questions and like, is this part of my <laughs> i'm calling like lawyers like yeah. do yeah. i have to include this in the settlement and then i'm like don't put my name up they're like can i give you a fake name because i don't want it going up on the board and stuff and they're like no no you got to put your real name up so sure enough it goes up mike feud i gave a false location mike feuder from mississauga yeah <laughs> lord miller right away gord miller like so I'm just getting my phones blown up. My like I felt like I literally was on a vibrating machine with my pager just my cell phone just it's like up to 100, 200 nonstop. And Gord Miller, of course, dead game. He announces on national television that Mike Feudo, who's you know, here working for the Los Angeles Kings, just he, he really put in the phone. word working. I remember that now. Um, yeah. And so yeah. now I'm like, of course, my so I and I've got I got the check, you know, like they don't give you a check. I got like the uh wheel of whatever what's it called make it with that uh the game show where they gave you the check the size yeah, of an airplane, yeah. right? It's not like I put it in my wallet or anything like that. <laughs> so it was me I was hilarious. And I ended up uh Ron Hextall texted me and he was like, Fuchs, you know, you have to give that back to the team. You were working. So I was just getting it from everywhere. And then my staff was like, you know, that's really a staff win. So I ended up, I gave each guy in our amateur staff a thousand dollars, which I didn't have any reason to do that, but it yeah. was like, it was awesome. And then I remember the cab getting in the cab with my, with my check that couldn't fit in the cab, but the guy had no clue what was going on. And on the radio, they were like announcing that some scout just won 87 grand tonight. And a cab driver who English was his fifth language started just swearing about some guy working gets $87,000 and he's just laying into me. So now I'm in the back in a hostile environment with my oh, cab. No. So I get to the hotel and I remember reaching in and I gave the guy like 300 bucks and he goes, it's like $10. And I go, no, I'm the guy <laughs> that you're swearing at. So we, I had so much fun with it, but I mean, the next day going into the scouts room, and uh, I think it was, I had to fly to Calgary or something for the rear. You were going back and forth. It was just like, just getting grilled by the boys. Like you talk about, the, it, it was unbelievable. And then of course, Dean Lombardi didn't understand. He's like, what did you do last night? I went, I won 87,000 bucks watching the game. He goes, I didn't, and I didn't even file a report. I said, I was too busy counting. <laughs> oh my gosh. Counting my change. But yeah. no. It was funny. And I didn't have to, have, I didn't have to pay anything to my ex-wife, which was another massive. I could put a lot much money in my daughter's education fund, but yeah, there you go. That's a funny story. I didn't get the full story. I've known you all, oh, this, yeah. all these oh, years. That, that was why I was always, and then they, so I, I didn't have the same vibe every time I went back. Like I, that was why Northlands Coliseum had such a, I had that incredible, I know it was time to move on to a new rink, but I hadn't had that same vibe when I walked into the new airport of modern technology that Edmonton plays in now. And I, and, and I didn't have to go take that, sit in that seat that I sat in yeah. when I got my 87,000 sheets while I was working. There's actually, if you, it's hilarious. If you Google scout wins 50, 50, it's still up there. Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's uh... yeah. 87,000 tax free. 
There you go. Cha-ching, cha-ching. For a few control that control that towards your Shadfield <laughs> manscaped fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's hilarious that's a good way to end the pod Futes. um all the best to you uh thanks for uh thanks for doing this again uh you uh you're always amazing to us and uh, our listeners definitely love uh, uh love uh having listen to you and we love having you on and uh i know there's a few listeners in one pacific that uh specific uh, that enjoys uh your interviews uh here so uh thanks for uh everything you do for us and uh all the best and enjoy the the game tonight and uh, we'll uh, we'll chat with you very soon. My pleasure buddy. Talk to you soon. Hey.